This is The Space Shot, episode 370 for June 4th, 2018. Launchpad Crickets. I'm John Molnix. I hope all of you are having a fantastic summer so far here in the Northern Hemisphere. I know schools are releasing here in the United States, which was always a happy time for me because it meant that summer and the many model rocket launches I would do as a kid was right around the corner. I've taken it easy the past few days because of how hard I've been going lately, and it's been great to slow down and catch up a little bit and reset. I haven't been able to read as much as I'd been shooting for, but I am going to get caught up here on this week during my days off. Right now, I'm still working through the book Kissinger, 1923-1968, through The Idealist, and it's been a fascinating read. I'm planning on finishing it this week, and then catching up on a couple of fictional books to make it a little bit easier on myself to maintain that book-a-week pace. Last week, I also started writing, in earnest this time, what will become the book version of The Space Shot. Right now, I'm adapting my daily scripts, producing new content, and changing out content as needed to create a fun daily reader. This is a longer-term project that I'm going to be working on over the coming year, and I'll be giving you updates over that time. Now let's catch up on some space news and history. Usually I share the link to webcasts for launches, and yesterday I didn't do that on Facebook, so apologies for that. Today's launch, or yesterday's depending on your time zone, came on the anniversary of the first Falcon 9 launch, which took place on June 4th, 2010. The SpaceX SES-12 launch is the 11th launch that SpaceX has conducted this year, And in the first six months of this year, SpaceX has launched more rockets than they did from June 4th of 2010 to August 5th of 2014. This year's launch cadence is an incredible pace for any launch provider. The live stream from today's launch also had a bit of unexpected audio, crickets, and the sound of a falcon just before liftoff. It's quite the combination. I'm linking to a few simple blog posts that SpaceX shared back at the start of this program. It's cool to see how much has changed since this first launch. Now for a bit of news that's not really news if you're paying attention to spaceflight. A splashy Wall Street Journal article ran with this headline. Elon Musk's SpaceX delays plans for first space tourists to circle moon. The Falcon Heavy is the launch vehicle that would have sent two paying tourists on a trip around the moon sometime later this year or next year. Falcon Heavy delays aside, it was announced back in February of this year that the Falcon Heavy would not be human-rated. So, I'm not exactly sure why this is news, that SpaceX isn't flying humans on a mission to the moon on a vehicle they stated wouldn't be human-rated a couple of months ago. There's numerous reports online that note that SpaceX has been focusing on the big Falcon rocket instead of certifying the Falcon Heavy for human launches, and I'm going to be linking to those in the show notes. I think it's kind of funny and disingenuous, sadly, that the Wall Street Journal is pretending that this is somehow a breaking news story, as well as the other news outlets that are running with this headline after reading this piece, when it's been known for a while now that this mission probably wasn't going to happen. The full article is behind a paywall, so if you don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, you may have a little difficulty in figuring out how to read the entire piece. Nonetheless, I'm linking to this article in the show notes. 
For space history, there's a couple of Gemini launches that launched on June 3rd, Gemini 4 and 9 specifically. I've talked about those missions in previous episodes of The Space Shot, so be sure to check out episodes 20 through 23. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend checking out these archived episodes. There's an entire year's worth of content that's available for you to listen to. Now, here's the latest Cosmosphere podcast episode. Until next time, I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome to the Cosmosphere Podcast, Episode 8, Space Camp. I'm your host, John Molnix, and I'm a volunteer here at the Cosmosphere. You can catch me on this podcast and also on my other podcast, The Space Shot. Do us a favor and help spread the word about the incredible work that's done at the museum by leaving a review for the Cosmosphere Podcast. It's been a busy time of the year at the Cosmosphere, with the end of the school year, upcoming camps, and conflicting schedules, this episode's coming out a bit later than normal. We're taking some time this month to talk about educational resources that are available to students, parents, and teachers. We'll also hear a little bit from one of the teachers that was at the Cosmosphere for a camp just a few weeks ago. Now, let's check in with Carla Stanfield. Today I'm talking with Carla Stanfield about some of the summer opportunities for education at the Cosmosphere and at home. Carla, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, John. Not a problem. Glad you're back. So summertime usually means that kids go home and they don't study or don't study as much as they would throughout the school year. Sure. Uh, That doesn't have to be the case for summer, though. There's still ways to do fun learning activities that don't involve, you know, being stuck at home reading a book. So let's talk a little bit about those. Sure. Well, there's a couple different options here at the Cosmosphere. Obviously, um, one of our most popular options is camp, our aerospace camps over a variety of topics, everything from living in space to long-term space flight to habitats on Mars and understanding how our human bodies work and operate in space. So a variety of topics um, that children can learn about and even adults too. We do have an adult astronaut adventure, which um, you get a little wine in that one too, but stargazing and centrifuge rides simulators are a part of pretty much all of our camps. So that's a great way to keep um, our minds active and keep learning through the summer. Another great way is just to come visit us, come check out a show in Dr. Goddard's lab or a planetarium show about the night sky. Obviously, our museum is chock full of history and stories that um, you're not going to really see or hear about other places. And obviously, you're going to be able to see some pretty amazing artifacts in our collection as well. Um, 
Then a great thing to think about, too, if you're making summer plans to come and visit the Cosmosphere is our third Saturday. We offer our Space Out Saturday event. It's free. It's open to the public. It happens essentially all in our lobby, and it's for every age. So even little ones will have something to do. There's hands-on activities. There's special tours of the museum. There's story time that relates to a specific theme. So check our event calendar at Cosmo.org and look at that schedule coming up this summer. That sounds cool. I know for me, I do have the time off uh, confirmed for the adult space camp. So I'm really excited to be coming out for that. <laughs> oh, that is exciting. I didn't know you're going to come to that. That's We're excited to have your opinion on it. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I finally get, you know, I, I got the official go that I, I have that time off uh, for work. So. <laughs> T minus how many days? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to be counting down for that one. Great. Carla, thanks for joining us again. Absolutely. Charlie, you are go at the bottle up. This is some audio of one of the missions that students could work through during their time at a Cosmosphere camp. These camps are just the tip of the iceberg for what's available to students and teachers, and you can check out the Cosmosphere's website to learn more. Experiences like these camps are a great tool for younger learners, and listening to these students work through the mission has me excited for my own camp that I'm going to be attending this August. Let's hear from one of the teachers before we go any further. Uh, my name is Oscar Navarrete. I'm from Wiggs Middle School, and that is in El Paso, Texas. Uh, I'm currently a computer teacher, so I teach all three grade levels. I did teach math for seven years, and that's kind of what got me started with this program. And even though after I moved away from math, I stayed in it and uh, just keep bringing the kids. Oscar and I spoke briefly during a break he had at one of the Cosmosphere's camps, so without any further delay, let's dive back into that conversation. Uh, we've been coming to the Cosmosphere for about, I've been in charge of it for about 12 years, uh, but there was a time of about two or three years prior to that, that there was a teacher that actually uh, was in charge of it. And then he left and uh, I took it over. That's awesome that you've been teaching math and, you know, in science and related ways uh, for so long. You know, one of the things that teachers, you know, aren't really at a shortage for now because of like the internet and other resources like the Cosmosphere are those resources like camps. And how, how do you use um, camps at the Cosmosphere and resources in your classroom to prepare the kids for this type of trip? Well, to kind of prepare and we, we really discuss and, and this works in classroom also is the whole teamwork and really just working with individuals, whether they're gonna do it just in the classroom or as they grow older, uh, when they go to college, high school, 
Uh, and then, of course, once you're working, it's it's teamwork. And and this is the whole space program, the whole uh, uh, everything that's come about is everything has to be a teamwork. And that's what we try to emphasize. Definitely. And that's one of the things I'm actually going to be talking with an author of a book on Skylab later today. And having that teamwork and just having a cohesive you know, workplace is critical, not only for students, but also for spaceflight too. So I'm glad that you said that. Oscar, you know, one of the things is, you know, keeping students sharp over the summer, that way they can come back ready to learn at the beginning of the next school year. How do resources like the camps at the Cosmosphere help, help prepare them for the next year? Well, I think it, it brings in that extra life experience. You know, as we grow older, we know that Life experience is huge. You know, there are students who maybe don't have the life experience. They've kind of just stayed in their little box, whether they've gone from, from elementary to middle school and high school, and they haven't had that life experience. And I think that bringing that in and just this in, they start thinking of what I might want to do in the future. You know, maybe what even what college I want to do. Uh, they might even change their mind from they may want to be a doctor before they came. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, this, this looks really interesting. So maybe I want to go this direction. And, and, and they may even not want to uh, go directly into space or anything like that. But indirectly, there's a lot of fields that you just look at uh, through engineering, any of the STEM, uh, that you know they might decide this is what I want to do or this is an, at least an idea of what I may want to do. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is you get to school or you get to camps like that and you're you're definitely going to change your mind, you know, or at least some people. It's it's yes. okay to change yes. your mind about what you want to do. And and being able to have those experiences that help broaden your worldview, I think is is one of the fantastic things right. about the camps and and also school. I mean, you if you have teachers that help expand your your outlook, I think that's one of the best things that you can do. So right, just and it's looking at your options because a lot of them don't understand. They they've been told or they they see this is an option I've had, and they may be thinking of a career that okay they like it, but once they kind of come to a place like this and see something different, you know, it just may motivate them to to go a different path that they really, uh, you know, will really enjoy and and be, you know, really like. I agree. And, you know, for, for STEM, there's there's so many different types of work that can be done in a science, engineering, or technology, or math uh, right. field. It's yes. not just an astronaut, like you were saying. Like, there's, yes. there's kids that'll go into a space program and do, you know, they can become a flight director. There's, there's so many different avenues. When you're prepared, you know, when you're talking with students, is that something that they, you know, immediately recognize that, hey, you know, I may not want to be an astronaut, but there's these other opportunities. And if so, how do you help, you know, develop those skill sets and develop that passion? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's for sure. Um, you know, they definitely start thinking about it and whether they decide to go one way or another, I, I kind of always tell them, you need to find something that you're really passionate about, and that's what you need to do. You don't need to worry about the money. You don't need to worry about uh, what other people may want you to be. But, um, you know, I, you try to give them that just it's possible for whatever they're thinking and uh, try to give them, you know, the direction. What what can you do? Look this up in the summer. Uh, talk to people. Uh, go to, 
the, the nearby universities and just see what's available. And, and you're just kind of, they already have the thought, you're just kind of pushing it along. Yeah, and then that's the 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 friendly nudge. I think is a right. good thing to to have. <laughs> right. So when you when you bring these kids to the camps, what what's your favorite part of the experience? Well, I really I liked uh, the favorite is the, is the mission when they they're in groups and they're uh, training for their mission. Uh, they get into the uh, simulator, and I really still enjoy that. I think that's the main thing, and and. Uh, it really, if they buy into that experience, they really learn a lot. They learn about teamwork, but, uh, you know, it's fun also. You know, that's a big part of it. And, yeah. You know, that, that simulator, they always, when they finish their final mission, they always come out and they're either smiling or they're talking or they're saying what went wrong. And, you know, but you can see they've had an experience and, and they really have enjoyed it. Well, and that's one of the things I think that uh, you guys are probably able to, uh, you're experiencing the new mission simulator at, at this point. Is that correct? Right. I think so. I think they did remodel. Uh, so mission control is totally new. We haven't experienced that yet, but we've been with the the simulator for a while. I'm not sure if they've done anything recently, but. From yeah, what I've heard, yeah, you guys should have the new, it's going to be basically the Apollo era uh, backroom Moker consoles, so there's some oh, really okay. yeah, yes, it's, yes, it's that's really cool. <laughs> yes, that, and we were. I was in awe when I saw it first. It really is something just to think about the the history there, and then also now the new technology. Exactly, yeah, and, and that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and and being able to learn with something that was instrumental for human spaceflight, right? And that's what we try to. I I tried to talk to the kids and. You know, you kind of see that they, they're they told this is the deal. You know, these are the instruments that were used. And that some of them just, I think they don't quite understand yeah. the history of it. And so we tried, I try to just, you know, talk to them and say, do you really understand what, what this is? And, you know, I think it's super important that they kind of understand the history just to know what went on in the past and what's why where we're at today. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the there's going to be an upcoming episode specifically on the uh, restoration process for the front room consoles for the Moker. So you'll have to have your students listen into that once it's out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Oscar, I'll let you get back to your students. I know you've taken some a little bit of time today to talk with us. Yeah. No. Have fun at camp and thank you for okay. coming on the podcast. And, you know, one thing, could I just really quickly, I'm just going to introduce Yeah, definitely. Uh, we did. I just kind of want to throw in last year, we had a student who actually came to camp with us when she was in middle school and she was a counselor. And uh, that's really been kind of that as a teacher moment where you say, you know what, we're making a difference in some some of these kids. And, you know, she's actually studying electrical engineering oh, that's awesome. with a minor in, with a minor in Spanish now. So and this, I think, gave her that nudge that we were talking about. That's absolutely fantastic. I, I hope she has just as much fun as you do and as the students do. I think she does, and and she uh, she did. So we still keep in touch with her. <laughs> awesome. Oscar, thank you very much. Okay. Well, John, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the program. We are in the landing sequence, you can see.
They are approaching Kennedy Space Center, altitude 2400 feet. Please do item 42, enter. Go ahead and grab it. Item 42, hurry, that's the landing gear. Roger that. It's the landing gear down. Here I see it. Go ahead, Commander. Good job, Larry. Is the first. <laughs> okay, they needed item 43. Go ahead, Larry. Went. <laughs> now you Roger that. It sounds like we've got wheels stop. And with that, it's time to end this month's episode. Thanks for listening to the Cosmosphere podcast. Make sure you share the show with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. While you're at it, tap the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice so you don't miss any episodes. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Reviews help even more people find out about the podcast, so thanks for helping out. For the Cosmosphere, I'm John Mulnicks.